In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace to all who have come to this holy house on the fourth Sunday of Advent. It's the first Sunday of the winter season, and we are at the dawn of the great holiday of Christmas. And there are many doings at hand, I suspect. I know my mind has been constantly flooded with the many tasks that lie ahead, preparations that must happen around the church, tasks that I have to go. I had the joyful experience of spending three hours yesterday writing Christmas cards. That was a jingle bell and joy, as I can tell you. And then I had that beautiful experience this morning where I woke up early in the morning and walked out into the living room and the bottom third of the tree lit perfectly fine. The top two thirds, the lights are completely out. So we'll have to find that problem before mom comes over and gives her commentary on the whole affair or whatever else you may have going on. And so as we come here, let us dwell for a moment in the power of prophecy that is unveiled to us in the sacred scripture. We have the gospel passage of what is called the visitation. The Virgin Mary, pregnant with the infant Christ, goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And the question might arise, <clears throat> is the evangelist St. Luke giving us this particular story so that we will all know how very good it is to host our in-laws. He foresaw that many millennia from now we would have to host. Remember, Mary and Elizabeth, Mary went to stay there for three months. Do you have a cousin you'd like to have live with you for three months? I don't know. Maybe you're like, yeah, they're sitting right next to me in the pew, Father. What are you talking about? Okay. But anyway, we can be tempted to say, well, this is merely about teaching us a social nicety. But of all the events in the infancy of our Lord's life, why is this real? Why is there not like a story about, you know, uh, Jesus sharing his toys with the neighbor boys? We all know that sharing is caring and so on and so forth. Or Jesus doing the dishes so everyone knows that, you know, obedience to your mother and father is a good thing. Well, the answer is we don't need to know that Christ doesn't have to record that. The Gospels don't have to record that for us to know those things. Because what's going on here is more than a mere moral lesson. Yes, charity reigns over all. It is good to pay visit to friend and neighbor. It is good to host family and friend. That is true. But what is truly going on here is in the expectation of the Messiah. Now again, not to get too nerdy, but remember, the English word Messiah is the transliteration of the Hebrew word Meshiach meaning the anointed one. That's where we also get the word Christ from the Greek word Christus, meaning the anointed one. That was the title given to the expected of the Lord, that the Messiah promised to the Jews would be of the house and the family of David, would fulfill all the promises that God made to David the king, that your throne will endure forever. And that promise that the Messiah will not only be the Son of Man, but also will be the Divine Son of Man. We chanted it as we came into Mass this morning. Let the earth bring forth a Savior, right? Let the dew of heavens come down and the earth bring forth a Savior. That is the beginning of cosmic language. And you, Bethlehem Ephrathah. Now, we all know where Bethlehem is, right? Manger and shepherds and all of this. Where is Bethlehem Ephrathah? It is in the hill country of Judah. 
Zechariah and Elizabeth live in the land of Bethlehem Ephrathah. Now, you have Mary, who conceives by the power of the Holy Ghost that the Son of God is also the Son of Man. Mary, who is in the house and the line of David, which matters, but what matters more is Joseph, her husband, is of the house and line of David. So both by birth and by line, the Messiah is of the house of the son of David. He fulfills that manner of prophecy. He fulfills all the mystical prophecies about the son of man being the son of David and the son of God. And when Mary, now at this moment, she is pregnant with the God-man, she is the ark. Remember, when the ark was made, and what was the ark? If you remember your Old Testament studies from Catechism, the ark was made according to the specific command of God, right? Covered in gold, could only be touched by the priests, and even then you were able to touch it from a distance. They had these special poles they would use to carry it because if you touched it, you died. Thus you have the preserved by God's direct command ark of the new covenant, the Virgin Mary, who brings the presence of the divine God because the ark is what? The ark is where the presence of God dwells. They would build this huge tent around it at the command of God and place it there. Now, when Saul becomes king, he has the ark taken out of the city of Jerusalem into the land of guess where? Bethlehem Ephrathah, where it stayed with a private house until the time of David the king, when David the king goes and brings the ark back in. So you have the Virgin Mary, pregnant with the Son of God, who is the Son of Man, who is the Son of David, going to visit Zechariah and Elizabeth. Why is that important? You know from sacred scripture that Zechariah is of the house and line of Aaron, a priest of the division of Abijah, as you all remember, I'm sure, right? And Zechariah, or Zechariah's wife Elizabeth is of the daughters of Aaron. Who is Aaron? Aaron is the first of the tribes of Israel, the head of the house of Israel, appointed by God through Moses to be the priests of Israel. In the Jewish line, priests are not chosen by uh, will or choice. It's not like a young Jewish boy wakes up and tells his mommy and grandma, I want to be a priest, and they go off to seminary, all right? No, you are born a priest. You must be of the line of Aaron to be a priest. And so now you have John the Baptist, whose father is in the house and line of Aaron, and whose mother is in the house of line in Aaron, which at this time in Israel's history is a super big deal. He's like a, a double priest, right? He's got it from both sides. Now, St. Paul tells us rightly, Christ Jesus comes, he fulfills the old, and brings the new. Thus you have in this encounter between Mary and Elizabeth, the Ark of the Covenant, wherein the God-man dwells, who is the Son of God and the Son of David, who is the Mashiach, the anointed, the long-expected, the dews from heaven rain down on grace upon the Virgin Mary, so that she, the pure daughter of Eve, formed from the side of the man, the clay of the earth, can bring forth the Savior. And he goes out. Who accompanied David the king to bring the ark back into Israel? The priests of Israel. And so you have John, 
of the priestly lineage of Israel, the last of the prophets who does homage, who as when David brought the ark back from Bethlehem Ephrathah to Jerusalem, danced for joy. And I simply, now again, maybe you had morning coffee and say, you know, I've been meditating on Micah chapters 2 through 5. I hope Father Eric preaches on the Messianic promises tomorrow morning. That would be nice, right? I was also reading Isaiah 45. It's nice to have a little explanation of this. Or maybe you're saying to yourself, when is he going to shut his mouth because I have to bake cookies this afternoon? Either way, my point in this is no. We don't do what we do because we think nice sentimental thoughts about Jesus and want to do things to help us continue nice sentimental thoughts about Jesus. Hopefully you do think nice sentimental thoughts about Jesus. We do what we do. Because blessed are we who believe that what was spoken by the Lord would be fulfilled. That we dwell in the power and the grace of all the promises that God has made to the world. So the birth of Christmas is filled with tradition and whatnot, no doubt. But is above all filled with the praises of God by those who hear the prophetic words. Who know, like Christ said, how blessed we are to see what we see and hear what we hear for many prophets and kings long to see it and did not. And so praise God, for blessed are we who believe that what was spoken to us by the Lord was fulfilled. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.